0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Konichi Value, with me, Rei Saito, as your guide to the Japanese stock market. Today, I want to do something very interesting. I want to take a look at Japan's biggest small-medium business value fund to get inspiration on really good Japanese value stocks from the pros. You see, one of the world's richest and greatest investors, Monish Pabrai, once said, We love original ideas, but truly, there are already plenty of good ones out there, ours for the taking. If I were too proud to copy the ideas of others, I likely wouldn't have even a fraction of my current success. So with those words for inspiration, it seems foolish not to piggyback for free on the greatest investment minds in Japan. So I recently made another podcast about the biggest value stock fund in Japan, all categories, which you can find in the episode description. But for today, I want to look at the SMB segment, the small and medium sized business segment, where there's actually a huge fund Investing specifically in value stock for SMB in Japan. The reason I would look at SB stocks is because they can perform much better than large stocks just because they're small. And you know, 10% increase in a company that has 100 employees is way easier than a 10% increase in Apple, you know, which has hundreds of thousands of employees. So without further ado, I give you the rundown of Japan's biggest P value fund. And the name is East Spring, Japan small and medium-sized, carefully selected value stock fund. And I know it's a mouthful, but the fund is definitely one to keep on your radar, because it's backed by one of Japan's biggest bank, SMBC, and it has over three billion Japanese yen under investment. This is the fund's description. We will mainly invest in small and medium-sized stocks in Japan, aiming to obtain medium to long-term gains. Based on our unique value investment management philosophy, which is their secret sauce, we will concentrate on investment on stocks whose stock price are valued at a low price for corporate value. It's quite diffuse, but you get the point. It's small and medium value stocks based by management in a company that hopefully knows a lot about investing. With a yearly management fee of 1.93%, it is on the high side. And as the fund only buys publicly listed stocks, you are free to replicate your strategy to the dot. However, the fund managers have a relatively stellar performance record. I have a graph in front of me that shows that over around 10 years, or since 2013-14, Eastern Capital has actually outperformed the topics, basically the Japanese S & p 500, by 23 percentage units or 50 percent. That is good enough to pay a fee of 1.93 percent if you ask me. But if you just want to invest in the companies yourself, you're free to do so. First, I have the top 10 holdings of East Spring Japan SMB Value Fund right here. So we go with number one, H2O Retailing Department Store, 3.4% of their total holdings. Credit Saison, a Japanese huge uh, financial service company that still manages to qualify in the SMB segment, is 3.3%. Rico, a printer uh, slash electronic device manufacturer and uh, Electronic and IT Consulting Service, with 3% of their holdings. Sumitomo Heavy Industries. They make machineries, cables, you know, think of ABB, those huge industrial companies. 3% composition. Number five is Hamakiorix. They're a logistics company. That's very interesting. 2.8% of their total holdings. Then we have Reira Communications. is a business service company, 2.8%. NOK, automotive parts company, 2.7%. Concordia Financial Group is a specific bank for companies with 2.7%. And we have Kawasaki Heavy Industries, which is definitely more on the large cap side, but they classify it as SMB in this graph. It's 2.7% of their total holdings. And then finally, number 10, Nita, it's a rubber products company. 2.6% of their total holdings. So the fund actually holds around 100 companies, which means that if you can find an SMB index of Japan, it might be quite closely correlated. But in general, it seems that the managers knows what they're doing and they have invested in specific value targeting companies. So to give you a little bit of extra value for listening to this podcast, I've done a filtering of what I think are the most interesting stocks in the fund. And people that have been following Konichi Value knows that I have a very specific value vetting strategy. And the filters I use are a price-to-earnings ratio of higher than six, but lower than 25, to find that sweet value, but not too low, because then there's definitely something wrong with the company. An average earning growth higher than 7% over the past seven years. So you know, steady growth that's high enough to be interesting. Return on equity of around 8 to 10%, or of course higher. Basically, that you know, whatever money you invest, you get some money back from the core business. A dividend ratio that's higher than 0.5%. So our dividend yield. So basically, they pay at least 0.5% of their stock value in dividends just so they are a dividend-giving company. They just don't invest everything in the business, but they give you, as a shareholder, some back, right? And then lastly, net debt through earnings before interest, taxes, and depreciation, lower than two. Basically saying that, you know, if a push comes to show and interest goes up like they do today, they are able to quite quickly pay off their net debt. So, I only found three companies from this fund that fulfill all these criteria, and they are Sumitomo Heavy Industries, Hamakurex, and Relia Inc. So to start with Sumitomo Heavy Industries, the company is an integrated manufacturer of industrial machinery, automatic weaponry, ships, bridges, steel structures, equipment for environmental protection, including recycling, power transmission equipment plastic molding machines, laser processing systems, particle accelerators, material handling system, and cancer diagnostic and treatment equipment. And of course, many other much smaller sectors. They do everything industrial, basically. And it is a very big company that could be considered large cap, but because they only work on heavy industries in Japan, they're not as big as you might think compared to, for example, trading companies or banks here and they still manage to hold a growth level of a mid-sized business, which makes it a very interesting investing candidate. I will definitely keep my eye on this company and maybe do an analysis in the future. Secondly, and perhaps the most interesting company is Hamakurix. They're definitely a mid-sized company and they engage in something they call third-party logistics. So they take over the logistics of other companies that you know might want to have an online presence, but don't want to deal with delivery, or just companies that already deal with delivery, but want some extra efficiencies or just some extra capacity. This company basically has distribution centers all over Japan, and they have a lorry business, so a trucky segment, engaged in general cargo transportation and special stack cargo transportation businesses. It's a very interesting company. They use a lot of high-tech ideas and high-tech measures to increase the speed and decrease the cost of the logistics. And even though they've basically ridden the boom of just you know shipping going up every year, they have gotten a bigger chunk of the market too, which is why they've been able to grow so fast. I think it's a tough business to be in because you know, as a user, as a client of these companies, you care mostly about speed and price, right? So it's not about, you know, brand loyalty or anything. So it's hard to keep a competitive advantage, but it's definitely a company you should keep on your radar. And I will actually try to make an analysis on this company in the future. Thirdly, we have a interesting company, mostly for its numbers, but it's a company called Relia Inc., And they are a major telemarketing company engaged in contract operation, installation and human resource development and call centers. So the company has a sustained growth and managed to not only create a huge business around outsourcing call centers for other companies. So they care about the support, the sales, et cetera. And that company can just forget about it and get the money and pay the money for the support, obviously, to this company. Also, they've had success in recruitment and other human resource activities. So they branched out and been successful in anything that, you know, where a phone can do the job, basically, or a call center. However, the company has a fair share of controversy. In 2020, one of Japan's biggest news outlets, Asahi Shimbun, showed that Relia Inc. had manipulated sales contracts for their client Tepco, which is Japan's biggest energy company. So according to a report from June 13 of the same year, it was reported that they had fraudulent audio editing and that it was the top management of the company that ordered people to do this. They would have so-called recapture departments, which would call elderly or people that looked weak at late in the night and help them or forcefully solicit them to get more sales to achieve sales goals. So even though the numbers are interesting and still growing very quickly, I would stay away from a company where the top managers, management seems to be a bit rotten. Um, for me, I don't think I look at this company further, uh, except maybe if they switch the to top management or do something great that gives them some headline news I could read about and write about. That's it for today's Konichi Value episode. I hope you really liked it. Please contact me directly on my email, callResa at gmail.com. Uh, I have it in the show notes too. And just enjoy a lovely day in this summer. Um, bye-bye.